Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab a large four-topping pizza for only $11.99 at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Order our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings. Plus, make sure to try our marble cookie brownie for dessert. Check out all the great deals at Domino's.ca. In the shotgun. Throws a comeback route. Caught left side. 10. Funches to the 5. Funches. Scores. A star is born. Goff under center. Robert Woods, 20. 15. 10. 5. Spins and falls in Paydirt. Touchdown. Alley. Prescott. Oh, Claiborne got a hand on it. Loose ball, and Atlanta has recovered. And Claiborne knocked it loose. That will be 6. Lewis in a foot race. Left sideline. Pushed it to 30. Side look at everything football. It's TSN Four Downs with Andy McNamara. Brought to you by Domino's. Week eleven, folks. Yeah, we are zooming through the NFL season. This is TSN Four Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and yeah, we are delivered by Domino's. Check out all their specials at Domino's.ca, including medium feast pizza, any style for just ten ninety nine. Visit Domino's.ca today. Great show for you today. Stacked program from Sports Illustrated and the MMQB writer Andy Benoit. We're going to get into with him the the Jerry Jones the the coup. Potential coup against Roger Goodell and the top storylines from around the National Football League. Then, one of the finest fantasy football masterminds that I know, Jake Seeley, the all-in kid on Twitter from Roto Experts and Fantasy Sports Network. He'll be by in about a half-hour time. We'll get through my fantasy sleeper picks from DraftKings and also, folks, our Four Downs Dominoes DraftKings Contest. Free to enter. You just go to draftfree.com, draftfree.com. You can win a Domino's grand prize or cash. Scriz and I enter every week. We both finished in the money last week. You can go head-to-head with us. You go to draftfree.com. We'll give our first few picks of the contest in the last segment of the program. First, though, want to get to our, our poll question. At TSN4Downs on Twitter, at AndyMC81. Now that we're entering week 11... I'm thinking, what, what is the most dynamic duo? You have pairings, and not, and not quarterback necessarily with receiver, but players that complement each other. What's the best dynamic duo? So I picked from the Saints, Kamara and Ingram. That one-two punch has just been absolutely nasty. From the Vikings, Diggs and Thielen. From the Steelers, and uh, we saw them show up and show out on Shh, Thursday night. What you, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> Antonio. Stop. Antonio. Stop. <laughs> Your poor Titans. Poor Scrizzy. Poor Scrizzy and his Titans got the got the whooping put on him. Brown and Bell. Or for the Jaguars, and this is the one defensive combo. Campbell and Boye. And the reason I put them in there is because you have Campbell as one of the sack leaders in the NFL. They call Jacksonville Saxonville this year. And then Boye, A.J. Boye from uh, in the secondary is a ball hawk. And he's turning into one of those guys that teams are staying away you from. Could have put Jalen Ramsey. Could have put and Ramsey Boye in there. You could have. You could have done a, a combo there as well because you you pop those two over the top. Where are you throwing? They right? they lead the league in points against. Yeah, on defensive they lead points the against. Yeah, point differential. Yep. I can't believe that Jacksonville defense. It's crazy. And you got Campbell as one part of a, a bookend there, and that's what the compliment is about because they really do complement each other. Because if you get to the quarterback, great, you sack him. What that means is, well, coverage has to be strong against the receivers so the quarterback has nowhere to throw it. That's where Boye and Ramsey come in. 
So they're covering up. If he doesn't get to the quarterback, he's still going to be rushed. The QB opposing QB is still going to be hurried. And that means you throw up maybe an ill-advised pass, and they've been able to take advantage of it. So I'm gonna. that's my pick, Scriz. I know there's all the, the, the sexy offensive numbers and all that, but I'm going with the Jaguars. In our poll, they're in last place so far. Where are you going? I went with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Not just because they... Um, you saw them up close and personal, buddy. Yeah, not because cool. the sca- Sky Cam showed me how dominant they were on Thursday. <laughs> Do you but, like the Sky Cam? I like it in spurts. Yeah, I don't like it all I like the time. It, I like it because you can see how running plays mm-hmm. shape up. Because like you can't really see view. that from the side view. Yeah. Um, I just wish on third downs that they can still show the line. I still I, I understand why they put it to the, the normal view right. on third downs, but... Yeah, like I can't watch the whole game in that view, but in spurts, yeah, why? It's interesting. Yeah, right. XFL, Vince McMahon. It shows you idea. how like the defense kind of forms, and it's it shows true. you how tight the windows are for quarterbacks to yes. throw the ball, and and the holes for the running back too. You can really see how much room they have or don't have. So okay, so you're going Brown and Bell. They're in first so far. Second is the Saints, Kamara and Ingram, and Mark Ingram has made what a comeback. And this is dealing. With the Adrian Peterson situation, he's out. Those two have been quite the one-two punch. Diggs and Thielen, Thielen more so. Probably the mo- most underrated of those. Yeah, of that group there. Like Diggs has been a little bit up and down, but Thielen has been pretty consistent. And you're doing it with a third-string quarterback. You're doing it with Case Keenum. It's crazy, Chris. You are doing no, it. No one saw this coming. With Case freaking Keenum. What a world we live in, where Case Keenum is one. As as a back end like QB two, if you're in a pinch, a rele- relevant in fantasy football. What, a, a, what a world we live in oh. when the week eleven primetime matchup, the best matchup of the week, has Case Keenum versus Jared Goff. That's wild. That's amazing. A year ago, I love football. A year ago would have been like. Ugh. Now, you have these are the two. These are the two biggest stories I think you could argue in the National Football League this year. You have the Rams out of nowhere. You get rid of the walrus mustache, Jeff Fisher, Mr. 7-9. and nine. Goff comes in after he was being talked about as a bust. And look what he's done. Now, in large part, though, Chris, he, I, I think he would not be having the year he is having without Todd Gurley uh, rising again. Absolutely. Well, that's all Sean McVay. It's sure the play is. calling. He sure. actually knows how to get Gurley the ball. Yeah. And you have Todd Gurley. Being an absolute monster. So you have that one-two punch, and you're allowing Goff kind of in the same model that the Dallas Cowboys did last year with Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. They signed Andrew Whitworth in the offseason, the left tackle. Yeah, and it's Goff, huge. Yeah, Goff actually has time to throw in the pocket now. Maybe the most underrated thought. free agent signing of the year. That's a great point. Him and A.J. Boye. Yeah, Boye. Uh, and for the Vikings, yeah, you're doing it without Case Keenum. But now you have Teddy Bridgewater. Getting close to being ready. If it's me, and I never thought this would... I'm staying with Case Keenum until he gives me a reason not to. Absolutely. Why would you switch? Bridgewater has not played in, what, 18 months? Longer? But almost two years. Almost two years on a non-contact injury. Now, I've never seen the footage, but apparently players who saw it were almost physically ill at the sight of his knee. Yikes. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. All right, Chris, let's uh, get to some game picks here. The Big Three... And let's start with that Rams-Vikings game. The line, two and a half Minnesota. This one is in mini. Long trip for the Rams, of course, right? Coming over from L.A. Man, this that two and a half line, Chris, seems just about right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go road dog here 
And I'll go with the Rams. I love what the combo of Goff and Gurley is doing. I will go L.A. The one thing that worries me about this game is the Vikings haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher this year. Yep. However, their secondary is a little banged up. Harrison Smith is still there, but I think a couple of the corners, one of them's not playing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be close. I, I just it's I, be wonder, I wonder if Case Keenum's time in the with the Rams, if that gives the Rams an advantage that they know his tendencies a little bit. The or Rams, is it the Rams for defense, Case? For as much praise as the Vikings defense is getting, the Rams defense has been probably better. It, uh, underrated. And that was kind of a fantasy defense too. They've which, been unbelievable. Yeah. And and this is kind of the the MO for the Rams, right? Underrated. Uh, the whole the whole year, the whole time underrated. Now, is this going to be a case where all right, for the Vikings, go win one for Case. You know, he got the boot ski, an afterthought, rightfully so. He's been terrible his whole career. Is is that a motivator? That's why this matchup has so many different layers. So, okay, so I'll say Rams. You're going Vikings. I think I'm going Rams still. Still going Rams. All because right. because of that Rams defense. I think the Rams defense will be the difference in this game. We should start keeping track. We should have kept track. Yeah, of we should have. But we're oh, both well. lazy. So we probably I know. Won't. We'll forget. Oh, well. We'll, we'll try to remember. Rams. Okay, uh, next one we got Eagles Cowboys. Oh baby, Sunday nighter. Eagles eight and one, Cowboys five and four. If Dallas wants even a sniff of maybe staying alive in the division race, it is a must win. We saw game one without Zeke Elliott. The offensive line banged up. That's the strength, right, on this Cowboys team. O line and running. Now I still think if the if the O line gives you quality effort and performance, you can win with Alfred Morris and Rod Smith as a combo. I think they're good enough. But, Skriz, I know it's in Big D. How am I going to go against Carson Wentz? Okay. How? I'm going to go. I'm going to predict this game in one sentence. And Philly's a five-point favorite. I'll say that. If Adrian Claiborne can have six sacks, <laughs> what can the Philadelphia Eagles do? If Tyron Smith plays, I think the Cowboys can cover. If he doesn't play, yeah. Eagles by 30. By 30? Well, I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit, but they'll kill they'll kill Dallas if Tyron Smith doesn't play. So you're going double digit. Vegas says by five. Scrizzy says double Tyron digits. Tyron Smith didn't practice Thursday. I'm just saying. Keeping him, no, it's a valid point. Last week, look what happened. Without Zeke and Tyron Smith, I look just don't what see what Dak Prescott can do. They put up seven points. I know. Right? They put up seven Against points. Against the Falcons defense mm-hmm. that it's not that great this year. So I'll go Eagles. I think division rival and that it's in Dallas. It'll be a single digit victory for Philly. The Eagles do it. Alshon, Carson, Jeffrey, Carson Alshon Jeffrey also questionable for that game, but he should yeah. play. And my guy Aguilar, don't worry. Aguilar's got you. Don't worry about it. What a team, man. And the Monday nighter. So we both so we're both going Eagles. Uh, unless Tyron Smith plays. Unless Tyron's taking Cowboys. Okay, so an asterisk for Scrizz. Then the Monday nighter, and this gets interesting on both sides here. Falcons into Seattle taking on the Seahawks. Atlanta, five and four, Super Bowl hangover. Yes. Seattle, six and three. Still a lot of questions though. On defense, the Legion of Boom turns into the Legion of Gloom and Doom. Oh, terrible, terrible. I know. Cam Chancellor, out, broke this morning. Richard Sherman, we know, self-diagnosed himself. Achilles, gone. Could you survive without Richard Sherman? Yeah, you could probably fill that without Chancellor and Sherman. Oh, boy, that is screaming to me for a Julio. Jones outbreak. Game. Absolutely. I think Julio. I'm with you. Earl he's Thomas due. also didn't play last game. No, no. So I don't know if he's playing either. Right. And if so, he is even at 100%. He'll probably be forced in. Also, hey, Julio gets all the love. Don't forget about Mohamed Sanu. He's been having a quietly Taylor great Gabriel. year. Taylor Gabriel. 
Gabriel Tevin, deep. Tevin Coleman out Here, of the backfield. Here's the thing. You can go over the top now for Seattle. Send the guys deep. And for the Falcons, uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, still in concussion, concussion protocol, did not practice on Friday. That could mean Tevin Coleman. So if you're playing daily, he's not available on waiver wires. Uh, but trade or on DraftKings, Tevin Coleman could be your guy at a, a reduced rate if you get him quick because he might not be playing. And even if Freeman does, how much is he going to play? So I'm going to go... On the road, you know what? I still think Seattle grinds it out. They've been like annoyingly efficient. It's a two and a half point game. I'll still say, despite of everything I said, I'm still going to go Seattle. I think it'll be enough. That Falcons D line last week showed me that against a depleted O line, the opposing quarterback is in trouble. So I worry about Russell the mobility. Wilson. I worry about Russell Wilson's safety this week because he's had no protection all year. Yeah, it's true. And now against that D line of the Falcons, that's pretty underrated. I think I'm going Falcons. Grizz goes road Falcons. I go Seahawks. All right. We're going to take the break on the other side from Sports Illustrated and the MMQB. Andy Benoit. We're going to get into Jerry Jones and, and Roger Goodell and the coup and extension or not. And also all the top storylines leading up to week 11 in the National Football League. A lot more coming up. TSN 4 Downs. It's really amusing to me when I hear someone say, well, uh, the Jerry may not, uh, they may do something to, uh, 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 not have the Cowboys. That is absolutely ridiculous. I'm not sure of many things in life. One thing I'm sure of is that Jerry Jones will never, ever, ever give up the Dallas Cowboys. That's just not happening. I don't care who's commissioner, who tells him what to do. It just isn't going to happen. Jerry's not going to do that. Welcome back to TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's. Folks, check out the deals. Domino's.ca. Medium feast pizzas, just $10.99. You can go large, four-topping, $11.99. The side dishes, the pasta, breads, dessert, marbled cookie brownie. Phenomenal. Domino's.ca. Domino's.ca. Get us on Twitter at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. I'll answer a couple of your fantasy football questions in the last segment. As well, we'll get to my DraftKings sleeper picks and our 4Downs Domino's DraftKings contest, our pick'em contest. You go to draftfree.com, draftfree.com, you go head-to-head against myself and Scrizz. We'll give you an example later on in the show. But to talk about Jerry Jones and storylines heading into week 11 of the National Football League season, I chatted earlier today with Andy Benoit from Sports Illustrated and the MMQB. Andy, let's start with more off the field. Jerry Jones, once again, the center of attention, being reported that, well, he has requested a sit-down over the whole situation about the approval of Roger Goodell's extension. Where are we at with this, and how serious is this? I think it's serious in the fact that the league and people within the league are not happy, and Jerry Jones is not happy, and there's some real consternation there. If we're talking about repercussions, does Roger Goodell not get his job? Does Jerry Jones lose his team? I don't think it's ever going to come close to either of those directions. So the sit-down will be a step towards a resolution. It'll probably be a halfway resolution. And the best thing that can happen for the league right now is for this story to just drift away. Yeah. And, Andy, that seems to be... The theme of so many stories this year with the NFL, right? It's like, okay, let's get past this one, and then something else comes up. Like, it's it's just, it's exhausting at this point. It comes to the expense of some pretty good football and storylines on the field, like with the, the Buffalo Bills, you got Nathan Peterman 
coming in. And, well, we're going to see what he's going to do against the Chargers. Now, on your Twitter account, at Andy underscore Benoit, you, you break down some film. And uh, you, you have with the, the Bills and the Saints from last week's game and going to the Cowboys. But for the Bills, we don't have a lot of film on Nathan Peterman outside of his college days. Can we? Do we even know what to expect out of him? Uh, no, you don't, because he's played 11 meaningful NFL snaps, and really those were not <laughs> meaningful snaps. He right. just played 11 snaps at the end of the game last week. I did watch those just because I was curious. I didn't watch them in college. I watched mm-hmm. everything in the NFL on film, though, and I wanted to see how he looked. I think the ball comes out of his hand well. There is a snappiness and a decisiveness that you almost never see with Tyrod Taylor. The question is, was Peterman playing that way because it's garbage time and he knows the Saints are going to be in the soft zone? or is he a more comfortable quarterback than what we would imagine? We don't know. We'd only be guessing right now. Mm. But he does know what he's going to see against Los Angeles. That's a uh, pretty straightforward zone team as well. Uh, You know how they match up outside. They're a little weak inside in pass defense, especially at linebacker. And in the nature of Buffalo's offense, that's where a lot of the passes are going to go. This is not a perimeter-throwing team. They don't have a lot of dynamic wide receivers. They have guys that have to get open by the scheme, have to get open on crossing routes. They're going to go after the Chargers linebackers on Sunday, and, and we'll see how Peterman does with that. Andy, this is something I talked about earlier in the show, and I wanted to get your take on it. I'm wondering, because Tyrod Taylor, the Bills know who he is. We know, I think, what his ceiling is. He's a guy who protects the ball. He's not going to take chances. That is tough to lead a comeback if you're behind. Great if you're always playing with the lead. I'm wondering, though, for Peterman, being put in, he's going to be expected to push the ball a little bit more to try to be more of a playmaker. Otherwise, you might as well just stick with Tyrod. Is there a chance that he tries to do too much, and that ends up hurting the Bills, who right now technically are still in a wild card spot. Well, yeah, sure. There's always that chance, and that's that's on uh, Sean McDermott and especially their offensive coordinator, Rick Dennison, to a drill into his mindset, into the quarterback's mindset. Hey, here's what we need you to do. We're a running team. We have a good defense. It didn't play well last week, but it's a good defense, and we're going to win games 20 to 17, and that's going to be just fine. So take care of the ball. That's A. But B, call plays and call designs that make it easy for him to take care of the ball. Play action, where you split the field in half and he's only reading half the field. Give him some either-or reads, some high-low reads, where he's reading one cornerback and he throws either over him or under him based on the coverage technique. Those are simple things that all quarterbacks have been doing since high school. And the more Buffalo can do that and the more they can let Peter and throw on some first downs where he can get comfortable against a predicted coverage, the easier it will be for him to find that fine line between being aggressive and trying to do too much. Andy, let's jump back to the Cowboys uh, for a moment here on the field. So we know they're without Ezekiel Elliott. First game there did not look good. Now, you could argue it's it's going to be be even tougher uh, missing the, uh, the left tackle on the offensive line there. Now you have a huge Sunday night game, Eagles division battle uh, for, for Dak Prescott. Now, again, you tweeted out uh, some film breakdown about how Dak Prescott has to protect the ball better. Where do we see this Cowboys team on the field without Ezekiel Elliott? Because with a healthy offensive line, I think you could you could get by with an Alfred Morris, Rod Smith type of combo. But it all comes down really to how much are you going to put on Dak Prescott, who had the luxury of not having to to do as much as as maybe some other rookies. Well, yeah, that's been the story of Prescott's career. He had perfect conditions yeah, last season, yeah. and to his credit, he took advantage of them. But 
perfect conditions never last in the NFL. We've said that going into this season, and then at some point something will change. We don't know what, but at some point Prescott's going to have to carry the team like any quarterback in pro football has to do it every some point. And that point came last week when Tyron Smith was out. He's out again at left tackle. Ezekiel Elliott suspended. It's on Dak's shoulders now, and they've got to change the way they play a little bit because whoever is at left tackle, it'll probably be Byron Bell, who's been a backup journeyman NFL player. That guy's going to need help and protection. They gave some of that against Atlanta. They didn't do it quite often enough. It's really not a, a main part of their system, as you would expect. This is a team that has a dominant offensive line. You don't build in a lot of plays that give those guys help because you've never needed to. But you have to now. So it's a reduced game plan that Prescott will run. It's going to be about execution does have to take care of the ball. He'll get that figured out. That was they, The one play I tweeted was an isolated sack fumble where his mechanics just broke down. It's it's not something that's a problem with Prescott, but we'll find, we might find out some new problems with him because <laughs> there is a significantly greater amount of pressure on him now than there's ever been. In conversation with Andy Benoit, NFL analyst and staff writer for Sports Illustrated and the MMQB, bigger surprise to you this season – the Saints at seven and two or the Eagles at eight and one both are pretty shocking, especially for the Saints. Like Andy, that that Saints defense, man, like we're just used to it being bad. Yeah, we are, and I think they're the biggest surprise because that Saints defense is not bad anymore. No. And no. uh they found Marshawn Lattimore at corner, a true number one cover corner, and that when you have one of those and you're Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator, and you like to blitz you like to disguise coverages. In order to do that, you need extra bodies in the middle of the field, and that's why you need a Marshawn Lattimore type because someone has to win one-on-one on the edges of the field. They've got that now, and they're playing extremely well around him. They're able to do a lot of stuff. They play fast. Uh, last week against Buffalo, they didn't have to do a lot of stuff, and they showed that they can just line up and play basic zone coverages pretty well too. That's a good defense here. It's not, it's not particularly deep. Uh, they've got some holes that I think would get exposed if you removed Lattimore from the equation, but he's in the equation right now, and they're a legit 7-2, and two, and I did not see that one coming, not for those reasons anyway. No, no, me neither. And uh, Touch on the Eagles here, too, with Carson Wentz. Like, what a, what a phenom second-year guy, and just it continues to accelerate this team and this offense. And it's not... It's not like this is really, Andy, a stacked offense. Like, you can tell, like, it is a lot to do with the quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, the Bills, that one I did see coming. I, I like Wentz. I've loved him since he came out of North Dakota State, mm-hmm. and uh, I've, I've spent time in the film room with him. I've been around his quarterbacks and his offensive coordinator coaches a lot. Everybody to a man, you know, but we heard him coming out of North Dakota State. They were saying he's the most pro ready quarterback to enter the draft since Andrew Luck. And people were saying, well, how can that be? He's not even playing at the highest level of college football. It's what they asked him to do in college and the type of offense he ran and the way he ran it, pro-style offense with a totally professional approach. He, he checks to different run plays at the line of scrimmage. He has multiple route combinations, and his reads are decided upon the coverage rather than just, hey, here's the play, your read is this and that, and that's how we do it. It's a complex, sophisticated way to play quarterback. He's been doing that for four years now. He's two years at NDSU, and then he's in his second year in Philadelphia, two years that he started in college. So uh, Carson Wentz is the real deal, and the skill set's off the charts. Big, strong, can make any throw. 
I think he is. I mean, if I, I said it at the front of the year, if I had one guy to start a team with right now and I'm playing for the next 10 years, I'm taking Carson Wentz. And the Browns traded down. Andy, traded. I'm a Browns fan. I'm a I'm a Browns fan, and it destroys my soul every Sunday watching him do what he does. Wow, oh, that's tough to swallow. Anyway, okay, last one for you here. Uh, at this point, we're we're entering Week 11. Who's your Super Bowl favorite? This the Patriots stumbled at the start. Now we're back to doing what they do at seven and two. Who are you looking at as the Super Bowl favorite? I think you still have to start with New England. Yeah, the defense yeah. is playing fine, and their issues early in the season were just more communication-based. It was never a lack of talent, and you get communication issues. You can get those sorted out, especially when you've got the coaching staff that they have in place there. And then the part that, that can't be overemphasized enough to me is Tom Brady, I think, is having the best season of his career. He is playing at an incredibly high level. And now we're just, we just said the best quarterback of all time is having his best season. He's won five of them. Not saying he's a lock to win six, but he has to be the favorite to win a six. Yeah, it's tough to go against Tommy Terrific there. Andy, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. You got it. That was Andy Benoit from Sports Illustrated and the MMQB. Get him on Twitter at Andy underscore Benoit. Some hot fantasy football talk coming up after the break. Jake Seeley from Roto Experts and Fantasy Sports Network joins me next. Don't want to miss it. A lot more coming up. TSN 4 Downs. Welcome back to TSN 4 Downs. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN Lem 50 Hamilton. If you missed any of the show, you can download it on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on the show page at tsn1050.ca. I'll also tweet out the link from at AndyMC81 and at TSN 4 Downs. We are delivered by Domino's, folks. Go to domino's.ca right now, whether it's for the game, busy night, taking the fit, whatever you need, domino's.ca. Medium feast pizza, $10.99, any type. Eleven ninety nine, large four topping pizza, sides, desserts, all terrific at Domino's.ca. Let's get to some fantasy football talk here. I chatted with Jake Seeley earlier from Roto Experts and Fantasy Sports Network. Have a listen to that, Jake. Before we get started, I love this rule that you put in your most recent article at RotoExperts.com that you've you've discussed in the past. But tell us what the Greg Jennings rule is. Yeah, I, I hope he never reads one of my articles because there's no disrespect to Greg Jennings. No, because I was, you know, I was a big fan of his when he was at the Packers. But the problem of the rule is what it is is what he became when he became a Viking. And those years were there weren't ever that many great games where he was ever starter guaranteed worthy. And what I said about Greg Jennings, it's like, all right, you know, those years he's fine for the bye weeks. He's fine as your wide receiver for. But it's about this time of the season before your trade deadline is up, and this is mostly, you know, for people a few weeks ago. I know some don't end until Thanksgiving, but in this range of the season where you got to ask yourself this question every single year in fantasy, will this person ever start for me? <laughs> and if the answer is no, that's when you drop that person for a backup quarterback because now that the bye weeks are almost over and you're trying to make that playoff run, you need a backup quarterback. You drop him for somebody like a Corey Coleman, who I'm not starting this week, but he has the upside to potentially turn into a top 30 wide receiver for you. And that's what the rule is. Is he never starting in your lineup? Then go out there and get that flyer that could potentially be, who's the next David Johnson? That's why you go out there and do these things. Maybe that person busts out, but if he busts out, he's on your bench, just like the Greg Jennings player would be on your bench. Right. So you might as well take a shot and be safe that way with the upside rather than somebody who, yeah, as you said, is never going to play for you. 
Exactly. Right. And you mentioned quarterbacks. Uh, one of your QB sleepers, Eli Manning. Horrendous year for the New York Giants. But as you pointed out, not that bad for Eli. <laughs> it's actually not really been his fault this year, surprisingly. No. We, you know, the thing is, we saw that rolling, bowling throw thing that he tried last week, whatever the heck you want to <laughs> call it. And that's why we get frustrated and he makes the Eli Manning face and he makes bonehead <laughs> things like that. And that's why Eli Manning is Eli Manning. That's why he's always been that way. But the fact is, five of the last seven games, 19-plus fancy points. He obviously has a low floor. It's the Blake Bortles type of floor where you could go out there and just go haywire the entire game. But the point is, is it's not really his fault. And if you look at it, too, what he's been doing in five of those last seven games, a lot of those were without Odell Beckham. A lot of them were without Sterling Shepard. Yeah. So give the guy some credit for what he's still doing with this team. Fantasy-wise, it's not that bad. And what is he facing this week but one of the worst and actual the worst overall against wide receivers defense this week in the Kansas City Chiefs, who are also going to put up points and probably force the issue. So I don't think Eli Manning is the worst possible starter you could possibly have at quarterback this week. Well, and that's an interesting matchup because you could have heavy fantasy producers on both sides of the ball, right, for each of these teams. This could be a big, a big game for fantasy players. Well, that just means it's going to end up being 13 to 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he'll, yeah, it'll just be ridiculously ugly. Yeah, of course, of course, you're right. Uh, in conversation with Jake Seeley from Roto Experts Fantasy Sports Network, a radio host. He does. I, I love on your Twitter handle at uh, All In Kid Jake. It says uh, as part of your profile, and um, you you like to be right. Always, I love to be right. Well, why I not? Tell people, I was right. <laughs> That's right. And, and folks, by the way, too, come baseball season, Jake Seeley is your guy. What was it? Two years in a row, most accurate ranker for baseball fantasy. Was that it? Yeah, two years in a row. Crazy. So now the, the only two years I've been ranking for them. So hopefully, make it three. I don't know. I had, uh, <laughs> I had a lot of best pitchers that were pretty high this year, like Syndergaard, and I don't know if it's going to be three for three. There's a couple guys I was high on that got hurt in this part of the season, a good chunk of the season. Still pretty damn impressive, though, brother. So good job. Okay, now let's get to a couple of uh, listener questions here. We have from uh, Riz on Twitter says need one of these wide receivers: he, Julio Jones, Robert Woods. Or Devontae Parker. And as crazy as it sounds, Jake, Julio Jones with the up the ceiling is super high, but boy, like the the number the recent numbers of Robert Woods and to a lesser extent Devontae Parker are enticing and actually make this kind of a tricky decision, I think. I think it I think it opens it up for conversation, but here's the thing is there's no Richard Sherman for the Seahawks. Mm. Their defense has had a few injuries and I know Julio Jones has had a disappointing season. But let me ask, go back to the Greg Jennings rule. Let's ask a question back to that person and saying, what are you going to be most aggravated about? If Julio Jones is in your lineup, it gets you seven points, or if Julio Jones is on your bench, and as he can do, get you 25, oh. and then staring at that 25 on your bench. So Destroy that's why. Uh, Devontae Parker has been quiet outside of the fourth. Actually, the majority of his scoring is in the fourth quarter this year. It's not mm. even close. I think you can add up the other three quarters from every single game and add up the fourth quarters, and it's even. Uh, and then you see what happened last week when he doesn't get the touchdown or uh, extreme production in the fourth quarter. So that would be the only one I would even think about. Uh, I I just can't. I cannot bench Julio Jones. <laughs> I know. It's one of those things. You're, you're right, because that will be the week where it's like, oh, Julio's back, and he gets three touchdowns, and then you hate yourself for Right. Well, forever. you know, Antonio Brown last week was miserable, and then mm-hmm. yesterday, like, how, how pissed would you be if that's a Julio Jones game? Oh, 
And yeah, exactly. Uh, one more uh, Twitter question here from Celine, and it's on tight ends. And oh boy, Jake, the drop off in tight ends after the first couple is a hot mess. So Celine says, uh, she asks, I need one to start Austin Hooper, CJ Fedorowitz, yeah. or, or Jermaine Gresham. Woo! Enjoy. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that is kind of, yeah. you know, if you're just shooting for the upside, the one thing that the Seahawks, even when healthy, have not done well is defend a tight end. But the problem with Austin Hooper that I don't like is that it's two, you're hoping for a bunch of production on the two catches. Yeah, yeah. So I got to tell you, if, if you're going boom or bust and you don't mind getting that zero, it'd be Austin Hooper. <laughs> but I'm actually, I, I'm a big fan of C.J. Fedorowicz this week. C.J. Fedorowicz had plenty of targets in his first game back. And now he's got a second week of being healthy. And it's Tom Savage, a quarterback still, and he likes going to C.J. Fedorowicz. This offense likes to use the tight end. I think he's honestly probably going to be the second most targeted player on that team behind DeAndre Hopkins ahead of Bruce Ellington. So the safer play, in my opinion, is Fedorowicz. Yeah, and and for for Houston, like when you have Tom Savage, it it all comes back to, as well, I think it can include Brock Osweiler in this. When you don't have confidence in the quarterback, it just makes you cringe when you're starting an offensive weapon of any sort. But I think with Fedorowicz, you're right, Jake. Like he can be targeted. He can be the, the short kind of safety net guy for for Savage against an Arizona defense, which is is good, but it's not great. Right. Exactly. It, it just uh, it's definitely it used to be scary for tight ends, but it's over the past couple of weeks they've actually fallen apart. The only thing that's left that's any good on that defense is Patrick Peterson. You don't have to worry about him. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, Jake, as far as fantasy busts, we talked about it uh, last week on the show, kind of past that halfway mark. And Terrell Pryor, is there a, a <laughs> bigger fantasy disappointment this year? We we put it out there. He's got to be right up there. Like He's not playing this week with an ankle. He has one double-digit point week, and he's just not not targeted. Like He's not a factor in that offense. No, it's funny. You mentioned the show. I just got off the air and just brought that up, and I said we were talking about it needs to be the award for the biggest disappointment not named Terrell Pryor. Like, honestly, <laughs> just change the name of who gets the Terrell Pryor Award this year, and yeah. we can start calling it that next year. Because we were talking about other players in the past, and they were saying, you know, Andre Johnson for that year that he changed teams, and everybody thought, oh, I'll be fine. He'll continue to produce, and he was a big disappointment. Stop playing that year. Or Todd Gurley last year, Peyton Manning, in that one season where he got hurt, even then they went to the Super Bowl and was kind of nothing's been to this level. People were trying to put him in the wide receiver one conversation, and this guy wasn't, as you mentioned, even targeted last week. He's inactive this week. I, I don't remember a bigger bust in probably the last almost ten years at this point. Wow, wow! And to think he he bet on himself, and sometimes you bet on yourself <laughs> and you lose. In a one-year contract. Big time. Even C.J. Anderson, when people were taking him in the first round, as I was that year, he had some productive game. Right. There's there's been zero value with Terrell Pryor. None, none. And on paper, it looked like he was going to be a stud. Uh, One more for you here, Jake. Another Twitter question. Quarterback-wise, who am I starting, Alex Smith or Matt Stafford? And, of course, Smith with the juicy matchup against the Giants that we talked about and Stafford against the Bears, whose defense has been, despite how how inconsistent and generally bad the Bears have been, the, the, the defense has been has been decent. So out of those two, who do you like? No, it's Alex Smith. It's not even close for me. But yeah. here's the interesting thing that I found this week. is Alex Smith, all of his 
multi-touchdown games this year have come on the road. Every single home game, one touchdown. They run more at home, but and also you look at the matchups, every single road opponent except for one has been pretty cake. Well, guess what the Giants are this year? They're pretty cake. This team is giving up a ton in the passing game. They're giving up. Nobody cares anymore. Ben McAdoo is still there, so you know they're all still frustrated and annoyed. Uh, Alex Smith has also added to that. What do we know about the narrative? Andy Reid out of the bye is almost a guarantee in and of himself. So I don't even think it's close. And to your point, yes, people haven't realized the Bears defense is actually pretty darn good this year, especially at home. Yeah. Uh, Jake, thank you so much for for coming on the show again. Great chatting with you. Anything? Plug whatever you need to. Where can people find you, hear, and read your work? <laughs> do we have the time to you're play? everywhere you're i know and you're gonna hit me on <laughs> yeah. yeah like you said follow me at all in kid on twitter or the fancy sports radio network 4 to 6 p.m monday through friday in eastern time that's the award-winning show that i host i'm also on the radio in the morning 9 to 11 i'm on the website rotoexperts.com fancy sports network youtube channel just like i said if you just go to my twitter profile <laughs> right there that's that's probably easier all the links are there jake a real pleasure man thank you always appreciate it Jake Seeley, as you heard there, he's uh, everywhere. Roto Experts, Fancy Sports Network, Jake Seeley on Twitter, at AllInKid. We'll take the break. We'll come back with my sleeper picks for your fantasy football week 11. Also, our Domino's DraftKings contest. We'll tell you how to enter that and give you some tips there. Uh, and, hey, the injury report, some key injuries leading into this fantasy football week. Ton coming up on TSN 4 Down. Pass for the far corner of the end zone. Touchdown, Touchdown Antonio Brown. What a circus catch that was. One hand next to the helmet. Wow, that was uh, that was some kind of play. Man, I was just uh, in a moment uh, great before that catch. Uh, ben put it in the uh, outside shoulder. I was able to adjust, and uh, I was grateful I would come down with that one. Mariota's going to take the knee. That's the end of the game with a final score. Pittsburgh 40, Tennessee 17. Yikes, that was an ugly Thursday nighter. Steelers rolling. Tennessee Titans battling the AFC South with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Interesting times as we enter week 11 in the National Football League. Back to wrap up TSN Four Downs. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. You can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, the TSN 1050 show page if you missed any of it. Also on the Twitter account, I post the links there, at AndyMC81 and at TSN4Downs. And as you know, we're delivered by Domino's Pizza. You can get the side dishes, folks. Try the marble cookie brownie. Get the pizza. Get a medium feast pizza, any type for $10.99 or a large four topping for $11.99 or whatever. But try the marble cookie brownie. It is phenomenal at dominoes.ca. Carry out delivery, whatever you need, Domino's. Okay, let's get a poll update here at TSN 4 Downs. We put out, what is the most dynamic duo in the NFL right now? Is it the Saints, Kamara and Ingram out of the backfield? Vikings receivers, Diggs and Thielen? For the Steelers, Brown and Bell, we heard them. Or the Jaguars on defense, Campbell and Boye. Uh, I went with Campbell and Boye because of the pass rush interception playmaking, just that whole beautiful blend that the Jaguars have going on. But leading the pack is Steelers, Brown, Bell, and then the secondary, uh, or then the second place, the Saints, Kamara Ingram, Vikings with Diggs Thielen after that. Want to get to a fantasy football question here. We had on Twitter at AndyMC using hashtag AskAndy. Question is, please pick two of three. Diggs, Woods, or Tate? Thank you. In advance, that comes from at Adam Baum 613. Gotta love the old wrestling reference there, Chris. 
Adam Bomb sucked. He he really did that, suck. That Great was name. Awful. It was terrible though. Anyway, <laughs> hot nineties wrestling talk. Uh, out of those two, two or three, I'm going Woods and Tate. Uh, Diggs, I don't like. Against that Rams defense, they're giving up the seventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Golden Tate has been and I think will continue to be a beast. And you go the other way. Although the Minnesota defense is very good. Robert Woods, he's still, no one's talking about Robert Woods. Leading the team in receptions and passing yards. So I'm going to go with those two. Well, like those? They're asking Andy. They're not asking Scrizzy. That's so. right. That's not a hashtag yet. I take Diggs and uh, Tate, though. Scrizzy would go Diggs-Tate. I say woods and Tate. So thanks, Adam. Uh, there's a bunch more, but I want to get to the sleeper picks first. And I, I try to answer all of them on Twitter as well, at AndyMC81 and hashtag AskAndy. So a couple sleepers. Now, I put these up every week on DraftKings under the DK Playbook section. So you can check them all out there. I went tight end heavy this week, but one, I want to get to the Baltimore Ravens. Okay? Defense for Baltimore. $3,400 buy. Still under the radar for Baltimore. It's just not an exciting team. The offense sucks. They're bland. They're they're not very good overall. But the defense is. And they've alternated phenomenal 20 fantasy point efforts with single-digit performances since week six. So they've kind of been a bit up or down depending on performances. It's good enough to create turnovers. The sacks can come in bunches. Green Bay is the opponent. So the attacking style passers for Baltimore... That's perfect. Perfect for an inexperienced quarterback who holds onto the ball too long, like Brett Hundley. And Chris, people, oh, he beat the Bears. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. hooray, hooray. No. Well, one thing about the Ravens, you're forgetting, it's the return of the greatest name in football, Danny Woodhead, <laughs> making his return hey, to take over that Ravens backfield. Oh, until he gets hurt on the second play? Oh, he man, is... why you got to do that to the poor guy? When Has this guy played a full season? Good Lord. He cannot stay on the field. He can be dynamic. He's great out the backfield, too. He's got good hands. Sure, but you have to... The best ability, Chris, is availability. And Danny Woodhead is never available. So proceed with caution. So, okay, you're probably not playing him this week, but I think he's definitely worth a stash. Oh, I think he's worth a stash, for sure. Alex Collins has been pretty good when he gets the carries. Yeah. Buck Allen. You talk about great name. Buck Allen. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Meh. I like... Better um, poor name than a football name. it, It is true. That's what I was thinking, but you said it. Okay. Uh, or- Orleans Darkwa running back for the Giants this week. Do I love anything about the Giants? No. But Orleans Darkwa, out of a out of a crowded backfield, he is clearly the lead back. He's quietly delivered 70-plus rushing yards in three of his past four games, averaging a couple catches as well, so a little bit of a mix on in the uh, in, in PPR. He's going to face the Chiefs team. They've lost some of that shine off the red-hot start, right? So they're off the bye week. They're on a 1-3 and skid, below-average run defense. So I don't think the Giants will win, but Darkwa could be a nice little pickup for you, whether it's in your DraftKings DFS or in your fantasy league. Now, Squiz, let's go to our DraftKings contest here, our pick'em style. Now, we've been doing this for a few weeks, but if you haven't done the pick'em, what it is, it's different from the salary cap game. So instead of having to do the math and, and work within a $50,000 DraftKings salary cap structure, you have eight tiers, and within each group, you just pick which player you think is going to have the best week. Nice and simple. You can enter our Domino's contest at DraftFree.com, or Domino's and DraftKings contest at DraftFree.com. Squiz and I are in it. We go head-to-head. We we win money too, man. Like it's it's all in there. We're trying to beat you. We're not being nice about it, Scriz. No, no, I need Christmas gifts for Scriz people. Needs so I need cash. To win. I need cash. He needs cash, or the grand prize is Domino's Pizza. You could feed the Christmas group. Ooh, I'll provide the food be. for the Christmas party. There you go. There, there you go. go. So let's go through the first three tiers. There's eight tiers, but Group One: Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, who's questionable, 
and Mark Ingram. Side note, Fournette uh, came on, and it's supposed to be cold and snowy in Cleveland. He came on and said, yeah, I don't like playing in the snow. I really don't like to do that. And he, yeah. yeah, shut, shut up for now. And, and, and that's after <laughs> getting wimp. That's after missing uh, a game, a team Im, uh, imposed suspension too. So I'm going to say, ooh, I'm, I'm, I, I think I think Hunt. I like the he's been a bit of, a, a a bit of a slide, but against that Giants D, I'll go. Yeah, I'll I go think on. Hunt because also Andy Reid off a of bye week, mm. his oh. record is impeccable. He's so. unstoppable. Yeah, and Hunt has like he hasn't really he hasn't scored a touchdown I think in four weeks. He do. I think he's due as well. He's due. Tier two. Kamara, who's in our poll question, against Washington. They're at home, so on that turf. Travis Kelsey, Michael Thomas, or Mike Evans. Evans returning from a one-game suspension. You're still going to have Fitzmagic against a, a porous uh, Dolphins D. I think I'm going Kamara. I was thinking Kamara. I'm going to take a shot and do Evans, because I think a week back he's going to be motivated, and Miami just can't stop anything right now. But I don't hate Kamara. Uh, and tier three, we'll do Larry Fitzgerald. Just signed a one-year extension. Legend Larry. Legend Larry. Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill, or Sterling Shepard, really the only receiving option for Eli Manning out of there. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. I like Tyreek. I'm going to go Larry because he's the type of dude who will want to prove that he deserved the extension, and Houston's defense isn't what it used to be. Mm. And who is the second option again? Is Thielen? Yeah, you had Thielen... Uh, Hill or Shepard, along with Fitzgerald. Wow, that's tough. That is tough. I don't want to take Hill because I already t- I already took Hunt. Yeah. So I think I might have to go with Thielen just because okay. he's been Mr. Consistent all oh, year. He's been awesome. He's been awesome. So that's the first three tiers. You have eight tiers, so you just pick which player you think in each group is going to do the best, and you can do that in our DraftKings Dominoes contest at DraftFree.com. DraftFree.com. You can win prizes. You can win pizza. Key injuries to report, of course. Uh, Cam Chancellor out, Devontae Freeman in concussion protocol, and one more fantasy tip, Tyrod Taylor gone, Nathan Peterman, we didn't even really get to that, Nathan Peterman in against the Chargers, that pass rush I think is going to gobble him up, stay away from Peterman, maybe a stash if you have room, do not start Nathan Peterman, okay, and I'd maybe stay away from most bills this week. All right, thanks to all of our guests for producer Mike Skriznak, I'm Andy McNamara, you've been listening to TSN 4 Downs across the TSN radio network.